Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Megan Rhodes on with us. She is a qualified herbalist, and she is the founder of Roots, Roots, and Remedies. She has written 10 course books, authored the book Easy Herbal Remedies for Infants, and developed a unique four-season sense-based herbalism course and journey, Awaken Herbal Wisdom. So welcome to the show today, Megan. Thank you. So I thought it would be fun to kind of start with uh, because I kind of dabble with some herbs myself and I feel like anyone who works with herbs, you have a favorite. So what is the favorite herb on your heart right now? Cause it might be seasonal as well. Oh, do you know, it's not, it's not seasonal, but I just, um, just before we started chatting, I was teaching my intensive herbalism course and we were talking about pain relief and maybe some things that aren't necessarily conventionally thought of as pain relief. And we were talking a lot about chamomile because it's so calming for the nervous system. And I feel like chamomile is just, I mean, brilliant for pitta. You know, pittas are the ones who are like, I don't want it. It's boring, but it's so calming for pittas and babies and everybody who's just like trying to survive in this world of go, go, do, do, ah, ah. You know, so chamomile for everyone, unless you're allergic to it, obviously, then don't have it. <laughs> it's so funny you said that about pittas because I just took a CCFT and it's like with the mindful mellow blend, which is chamomile mm-hmm. in it. And when I ordered it and I got it, I was like, oh, I hate chamomile. I mean, ah! it's, that's the pit in me. It's not like I don't like it. I just am like, it's too chill. It's too calming. So it's funny yeah. that you say that about chamomile. It's not exciting. <laughs> Give me some shizandra. Like, let's go. <laughs> so funny. So spot on there. Yeah, so I, I would love for you to kind of, you know, because you work a little bit with Ayurveda and, you know, Western medicine herbs and what if someone's listening, how do you know where to start with herbs? Is there what's the main difference between them? If someone's kind of brand new to like herbalism, mm. bring us into the world. Okay, so herbal medicine is working with whole plants to bring the body back into balance, which is pairs really nicely with Ayurveda because Ayurveda is the, you know, thousands of years of a medical tradition and history and science from the Indian subcontinent um, that works with herbs local to India. And with Western herbal medicine, we work with herbs that are local to uh, you know, wherever you are. So I'm over in the UK. So we've got the sort of European uh, group of herbs, but there are herb, you know, loads of herbs that are local to North America. And you can blend the different herbs together depending on where you are. And, you know, as long as you can get them sustainably and responsibly and all of that. But ultimately, both systems focus on looking at the whole person. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, oh, where does it hurt? But what's going on in your life? What's happened today? What's been happening the last 10 years, maybe, you know? Um, And looking at the individual's constitution, which I know, you know, you're familiar with the Vata Pitta Kapha. So matching up that individual person's energetic makeup with what is the current energetic imbalance, what's got out of whack, and then matching that up energetically with 
the most supportive herbs to bring you back into balance. And with Ayurveda and Western herbal medicine, we work very much in similar ways. It's balancing with opposites um, as opposed to, for example, homeopathy is like for like. Mm. Uh, so with Ayurveda and Western herbal medicine, if somebody's um, got something that's really hot going on in their body, we're using their pitta, we're using cooling herbs like chamomile to cool them down rather than fanning the flames. So whole person, whole plants, and the energetics behind it, which I think is really, really accessible because you don't have to memorize a million pieces of terminology. You don't have to learn Sanskrit if you don't want to. You know, you can use the translations of the terminology. Um, you don't have to memorize. I mean, I, I did because I did a clinical qualification, but you don't have to get out all of those anatomy and physiology posters of those sort of peeled back pink and, you know, sinewy, you know, generic human and label everything and, and know all of the... the medical terms because when you chat to somebody or you're feeling into your own body or you're watching your children and you're like mm, that's really hot and it seems like we've gotten a bit stagnant you know things aren't really moving and mm, you know we're getting really dry okay so you're gonna look for herbs that are cooling moistening and that will help get things moving and that match up with that person, you know, that individual. And there you go. You don't have to have the label for it. You don't have to know if it's um, this virus or that virus because you're going to support the body in the same way. Mm. Oh. That's so fascinating. And if someone's kind of listening and they're like, how do I know if an herb is cooling or heating if they're kind of brand new and they're dabbling in this? And then mm. kind of the second, I guess, tier to that question if someone is new and they want to introduce herbs to their family, do you recommend starting with like getting to know a couple herbs or how should they go about introducing herbs into their family? Mm. So I always say take things one step at a time because it's really tempting. And I did the same when I started. It's so tempting when you find out about medicinal herbs. Whoa, what is this? I must know all of it. Or maybe it's just me because I'm really, really, oh, no. really. Did the same thing. Really high pitta, yeah. <laughs> Must learn all the, the same thing. Yes, you know when you're like you're looking at books online and you go, well, this one's got 500 herbs in it and this one has 250, so I'll get the one with 500 in it. That's a better book, you know. <laughs> then I will learn it all. Um, so take things one step at a time, which can be really hard for some people. One herb, one taste. You know, how do you get to know if a, if a herb is cooling or warming? You could look it up. You could. But you won't really know it unless you've got it in your body. So take that one herb. A, make sure it's a herb you know. B, make sure it's a herb that you're not allergic to and that is safe to ingest. Don't just grab something random from, you know, your your dog walk and, and stuff it in your mouth. It might, it might not be ingestible. Um and then make the tea of it and then just drink it and just sit with it and feel what's happening in your mouth, what's happening in your body. Yeah, you'll probably get generally warmer because tea is hot. Okay, fine. But give it a second. 
let it sort of, you know, steep, th percolate through the body. Are you starting to feel warmer? Are you starting to feel cooler? Does your mouth, inside your mouth, has it gone dry? And then you've got saliva kicking in afterwards? Or does the, the feel in the mouth of what you've just drunk, does it feel kind of slippery and, and thick and, and squidgy? Um, you know, is it making your body feel ah, relaxed, like you can let go? Or is it tightening things up and making you feel kind of more structured and supported? So start to explore those qualities and get familiar with the different tastes of herbs one at a time, because then when you need something, it's literally on the tip of your tongue. You know, when you, I've got a, a mini herbalist as well, and if she comes down with something, I don't want to sit there and thumb through like 10 different reference books on, okay, well, should I do this? Or should I do that? And you'll find, you know, oh, child has a cold. And you'll find a list of 50 herbs and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? And she's crying and I'm stressed. But it's just like, it's too much, right? But if you've got a couple of herbs literally on the tip of your tongue, you can go, you can stand there and remind yourself of the taste. Mm, okay, that one was cooling and I can see, you know, she's getting a bit hot. So I'm going to get a cooling one in there. She's getting really stressed out about it. I'm going to get that one that made me feel relaxed. So just make it, make it tangible, make it practical, get it in your body and you'll remember it far easier than, uh, you know, flipping through all the books and looking at all of the, um, you know, the million and one aspirational recipes that you've come across on Pinterest or whatever, you know, like, it's too much. Keep it simple. Drink one herb at a time. Get to, you know, you can do so much with, um, on the intensive course I teach, we only do 12 herbs for a whole year. That's it. We spend a week on each herb. And in the beginning, I know some say, oh, come on. Well, what about this one? What about that one? But now in the second half of the, of the year, when we're doing, um, listening to the different messages of the body and pairing that with, okay, what taste and which herbs? Every time we go through now, it's like, oh, I could use all 12 of these herbs. It just depends on the nuance of what's happening with that person combined with what I've got in my pantry. And we're covering, you know, the majority of household things. So you don't have to know 500 herbs. Just make a couple of, cu a couple of cups of herbal tea. Give yourself a week with each. Make some written notes. Make some mental notes. It saves a lot of space in your kitchen cupboard as well. You know, you don't have to have this. I mean, I have an apothecary in my house because I'm a professional herbalist. That's what I do. <laughs> but, you know, even so, I've got my go-tos that are ready to go for the for the recurring things. And then if I need to mix something, I always go back to the same set of herbs, mm. you know. And then every once in a while, there's something really specific. But that's often not even really for a family member. That's for That's for a prescription for somebody. I'm so glad that you said that because I think I also made that mistake and I had a huge amount of herbs because when I first learned it, I was like, I love this. So I bought all of them. 
And then I had to end up, you know, throwing them out and I just kind of yep. sprinkled them back on the land because they went bad because I had them. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I've had this for five years now, six years, just sitting mm-hmm. here and haven't even opened some of them. And some of them were in jars and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I personally found the same thing. I'm like raspberry leaf, oat straw. Those are some of my go-to with the Western. And mm-hmm. then Shadavari ashwagandha mm. I have. I actually don't use it a ton, but Shatavari is one of my go-tos in the Ayurvedic realm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brahmi, and that's that's where I'm at. And that's what my teachers taught me too, is like, you'll have the ones that slowly start to speak to you. And those are kind of my go-to. And so I know when I work with clients too, hey, this is, this is going to be an herb for you because mm-hmm. I know what it kind of does for myself and listened and all of those things. So I really love that you said that because I think, again, we get excited. We do mm-hmm. all of it and then we mm-hmm. think we have to master it all. It's just not possible. Yeah. And yeah. one of my other things that I thought, so I would love to hear your take on this. So I have this love-hate relationship with nettles. <laughs> I know it's so good for you. And I try to throw it into my oat straw and raspberry leaf infusion. And mm-hmm. I just can't stand nettles. So is that like a, a me thing? So I'm like, is it because I really need the medicine or is it my body? Like, ah, you don't really need the medicine. How do you kind of know which avenue to go down with that? That's a really, really good question. Yeah. Because sometimes your body craves what it needs. It takes you in that direction. And in other times, your body's and then you know when you've had your fill then it says okay I don't need this anymore and other times it's no I don't like this yeah um that often happens with the bitter taste people go oh it's bitter I don't like it you will find people who are like oh man fresh burdock leaf it's so good and you just sat there going what it's it's vi- if no one's ever had it it's very 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 bitter <laughs> It's not, it's not the most bitter herb, but that was my sort of introduction to bitter herbs and, and herbalism was sort of a, a walk and we, we stopped by this garden gate and, okay, everybody have a bunch of this. And we were like, wow, what is <laughs> this? <laughs> um, so it depends. And I would say that um, it's a process of feeling into your body because we're used to not I mean nobody likes being uncomfortable but we're used to a lot of things that mean we don't have to be uncomfortable so is it because it's taking you a bit out of your comfort zone in a healthy way or is it because you really don't need it so for example nettle you don't like nettle so is it because you think it tastes a bit boring and it's not exciting enough for pitta you or is the it's very very it's a salty herb so salty herbs they don't taste like table salt they taste like green they taste like grass they're very mineral rich so they're full of like iron and magnesium and calcium all kinds of minerals um, and then they help flush us through really well without depleting us. So they're usually the early springtime herbs. So it might be you really don't want them at this time of year because we're coming into, we, you know, autumn, winter. It's it's too cooling. It's too cleansing. So it might be your body saying, hey, this isn't the time of year. Um, it might be 
that, um, you know, sometimes for, uh, I'm not saying this, you know, the, the case for you at the moment, because I know you've got your two little ones, but, uh, you know, during pregnancy, there can be times when you, you know, you, I remember this, I had a, a steak in the first trimester. And I said to my husband, is it just me or does the steak taste exactly like you're chewing on the cast iron pan we cooked this on? And then I knew, I was like, ah, but then I just went off it because your body says, no, I, I want to focus elsewhere. Um, or is it because you just think it's yucky? It's probably some of the yucky, but then as you were saying the salt, <laughs> I was like, interesting. I hate, I never add extra salt to things. I hate salty things. And then as you're describing what it does, I'm like, I actually probably need that. And I was probably, and still probably since I am postpartum, I'm like mm -hmm. probably still need some iron. And I'm like, interesting. I'm probably do need it. I'm just like rejecting it. Um, mm. And, and I, it might, it might be put it in a different form, you know, cause you can do nettle soup or you can do nettle tea. Um, you can do slow infused nettle oil. Ooh. And then you can give, then you can do Avianga with it. You can do, um, uh, writing herbal, that down. Yeah. You can do herbal body oiling with it. Um, Not or in, you know, in Ayurveda, it's called Avianga. Um, it's incredibly nourishing. It's like, um, it's like scaffolding for the body. It's just, oh, and it just seeps into you. And they say with, um, with the herbal body oiling in the Ayurvedic tradition that you need to do it for at least 20 minutes for it to soak all the way through the the seven tissue layers now if you've got a little one are you going to have 20 minutes to sit and rub it no you're not going to have that time but what i do instead is i do it every morning after i have a shower instead of a kind of you know generic shop bought body lotion so if you do it a little bit like that each day, it'll build and seep through. So you get kind of the cumulative effect. It's really grounding and nourishing. I love that. And I think I'm like total body. Yes. Cause I do Abhinyanga usually in, in the evening after my boys are asleep and I mm -hmm. you know 10 minutes. Usually I, maybe I do 20 minutes if I'm really going there, but I'm usually yeah. just kind of, you know, just relaxing and doing my oil, but I'm like, my body was like, yes, full body, yes, to the nettles infused mm -hmm. body oil. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing. And I make my own lavender. So I'm like, okay, I can easily do this. Yeah. And I ran out of my lavender. So I'm like, hey, maybe I'll do a nettles one this next time instead of another lavender. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah. And I, I would like to chat a little bit about that. So if people are listening, they're like, oh, I never even thought like myself, like Glenigan and oil. Of course, I use oil that's infused with herbs. But as we were talking, are there any other ways that people or you like to give people herbs to use in their life? So we had said teas, we said infusions, mm. oils. What are some other ways? And can you, I've said infusion too, but could you maybe tell people what an infusion is versus tea? Yes. So if you think of tea, that's kind of like your basic tea bag that you stick in. Um, you can do, uh, so a hot infusion would be pouring hot water boiling water over the herbs and letting them steep. You want to you want to try to let them steep for about 10 to 15 minutes, which is easy to do when you've got little ones because, you know, you don't get to drink it till 3 hours late. <laughs> when it's cold. Um but um 
So you can do it that way. You can do a cold infusion, which is great in the spring with salty herbs. So um, pop the herbs into um, some filtered room temperature water. Ideally, let it sit overnight and then drink it that way. That's um, the one I'm most familiar with. I do that yeah. one personally and love it. And it does, I have found, helps with my allergies in the spring in particular. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and then you can do what's called a decoction. So that's um, instead of pouring boiling water over the herbs, you, you gently simmer the herbs in a pot of water. And you want to do that when you're working with roots, when you've got dried roots or dried bark, because the, the plant matter is a lot harder and it needs that simmering action to help break it down to get the medicinal compounds out of it. Whereas if you've got, for example, a dried leaf or a dried flower, you can just pour boiling water over it and, and that'll do the job. But again, you, you always want to kind of leave things for at least 10 to 15 minutes. But you don't have to drink tea as well. You can pour, you can make a tea, pour it in the bath, mm. pour it in a foot bath, pour it in a hand bath. You can soak um, a washcloth in it um, and pat it on the forehead or on the skin or hold it onto if somebody's got an injury. That's a really easy kind of um, home poultice to do. You know, these things don't have to be massively fancy. You know, herbal medicine was born in women's homes, tending their families, not in, you know, ye olde apothecary shop with all the, I mean, you know, the, like the cool, the cool stuff that we like to picture. Um you know, it was in the home. It was practical stuff. It was, uh, you know, chucking in your aromatic and pungent herbs and spices in higher quantities in the autumn and winter to keep everybody warm and the microbes away, mm. which is another um, another good thing to think about in terms of getting started. Any of those herbs that are pungent or aromatic, basically those culinary ones, you know, your thyme, your rosemary, your sage, that fragrance is coming from the volatile oils in the plant, which is what gets distilled and skimmed off and bottled as essential oils. So it's highly concentrated that way. But they're really antimicrobial. So that's all the antis, right? Antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, antimicrobial antiseptic you put that in your stew you put that in your soup you put that in your roast autumn winter when you know plus plus you can have it as a tea and then rub it all over your body i mean you, you can do whatever you want right one thing at a time put it in your cooking and build up that family resilience during the autumn winter so you know kids go back to school all the bugs start going around get that get that rosemary and that thyme and that sage in everything you can breakfast lunch and dinner culinary herbs to keep you know any any little bugs that try to come around your family you can say no thanks here's the exit you don't need to stick around and you don't have to read all the books and memorize all the terminology for that is, is it an aromatic, pungent herb? When you taste it, when you smell it, is it fragrant? When you taste it, is it tasty? Is it warming in the mouth? You're good to go. And yeah, my little one, or my seven-year-old, not my little, little one, I guess anymore, but he came back and I was like, oh, I need to do 
And again, this is just like me working probably with that herb, but I'm like, I'm going to throw sage in a, a, a bath. I have this pot for a facial steam because I'm like, mm-hmm. you keep getting clogged up every, I mean, it's the same time every year, probably mm-hmm. second or third week of school. And last year he was like, basically had this until February. So I was like, okay, we got to try to kick this out a little mm. earlier. And so he was actually very receptive to it. And I've showed him, you know, what we've, I've introduced him to some plants out in nature. And so he kind of was mm. like, oh, this is what white sage looks like. This is what mullen looks like lavender. He's able to identify some of these plants, which I think is amazing. And so he was much more receptive to being like, oh, I would try this facial steam because I understand that, oh, these are plants that we're working with that you're kind mm-hmm. of teaching me about. And so that's kind of cool just to kind of, I guess, a way to introduce it to to young kids. And I've tried to do this for years. And like, you know, now that he's seven, he's a little bit more like understanding and wanting mm-hmm. to learn about herbs. So I just thought I'd throw that little nugget in there because I know you have a little one as well. What are yeah. ways that you're kind of working maybe with herbs and your little one, she's three, you said, and how do you kind of introduce this concept or do you to to her right now? Oh yeah, from day dot. <laughs> I, I I was that sort of kooky mom walking around the you know gardens um, when she was really little with her in a in a baby carrier, uh, you know in a, in a sling, and we would go through these stately homes gardens and whatnot. We'd go into the herb garden section, and I'd I'd rub it, and I'd say smell, and I'd stick it under her nose, and she'd go, you know, and I'd say this is rosemary. Rosemarinus officinalis. This, you know, we'd walk by a hedgerow and I'd say, look, yarrow, Achillea milfolium. What in the, so now that she's a little bit older and I'll be like, what? She's not quite repeating the Latin back to me yet, but, <laughs> but I am, I am in there. You know, the, <clears throat> I gave her, I was doing some, some Abiyanga and she came in and was like, oh, I want some, we call it herbidews. So oh, I want some herbidew oil too. Okay. So I put down a little towel because I knew it was going to get messy. Um, and I squirted, I had the nettle oil and I squirted some into her hands. I, she didn't see me do any of this. I didn't tell her to do any of this. I squirted it into her hands. She looks at it. She goes, oh, it's green. And I said, yeah. And then she brings it straight to her nose and she smells it. <sighs> oh, it smells like soil. And I said, yes, it does. And then she just starts rubbing it into her feet. And she goes, mmm. And I was just sat there like, I'm winning today as a mom. The entire day could go to pot. I don't care. I am winning today as a mom. Um, So she's, I mean, we've only ever used herbal medicine with her. She's not had any allopathic medicine or contact with the allopathic system at all so um she's always had from when she was old enough she's had tinctures if she's had a cold she's had homemade salves you know when when things get chesty um she's had tea i mean definitely when she was little and we had you know there was nappy rash she had my homemade chamomile balm and she had chamomile and calendula and lavender uh tea put into her bath um always and now she's like with the oils and she just wants to rub them everywhere and we'll go out somewhere and she'll she'll see something that looks interesting and she'll pick a bit of it and she'll smell it and she'll go oh can I unfortunately I've taught her so she says can I eat it (laughs) and then I'll say 
yes, or no, we don't eat that one, or mommy's not sure, it's probably just decorative, let's not eat it. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, just starting them from the beginning. I often get asked, you know, how do you get kids to take herbs? And I say, start them from as early as possible and just get them used to that taste. Some of the stuff I give her, my husband once was like, oh, could I try, could I try some of that? Just because I'm curious, you know, what she said. And he's like, whoa, that is pokey stuff. And I'm like, yes, it is. But she loves it. She's like, can I have more? I think I need some more. You know, she's never, ever had any of that kind of sugar syrupy type stuff. So she's not used to that taste. She's used to bitter herbs, pungent herbs, salty herbs. Um, I very rarely need to give her any of the the sweet ones, you know, Um, which isn't to say, you know, if you haven't started your children from day dot, you can't just start now, get them used to it. You know, if I need to add a little bit, little bit of honey, because they're used to a really sweet taste, then start with that and then gradually decrease it and they'll get used to it. Mm. yes I love that and that's one like I've done elderberry with my son and he loves mm. elderberry syrup and I always home make it and I had one of my friends who also home makes it and she was like hey one you know she had just had a baby and she didn't have time to make it one year so she was like I'm just gonna buy it and she goes man the stuff on the market is just full of sugar and so I always mm-hmm. tell people I'm like if you're gonna you know do elderberry syrup I'm like it's actually really easy to make versus trying to purchase it from the store because Again, it's really high in sugar and you don't know what else is in there that they Mm -hmm. put. It's not needed because I'm like, it's pretty simple and easy to make. And you can adjust the honey content so it's not as intense. And yeah, I get my, I mean, my aunt is a, um, they have a bee farm. And so I get my honey all from them, which is also nice. (laughs) Yeah. And then you got the benefits of it being local and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All of those. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are some other ways, just because I know, you know, I have some moms that are listening that you can maybe introduce herbs to kiddos. Is there ways that you go about teaching, you know, your daughter about the herbs besides just out in nature? If people are like, as we're coming here in Minnesota, we're going to be in winter and most things are dead and yeah. covered in snow. <laughs> so do you, do you think there is benefits of like, Hey, is there a good book, picture books, anything like that? Or primarily maybe working with dried herbs then? Oh, um, I don't, I don't personally have any children's herbalism books yet because she's a bit too, my, my little one's a bit too young, but, um, I think just leading by example, Mm. when you use it, when they see you doing it, you know, children naturally want to imitate us, which, you know, sometimes comes out and you're like, oh, was was that a mummy word or a daddy word? Okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, or, you know, you'll hear a phrase and you go, Hmm, I, we don't use that phrase at home. Where have you picked that up from? Um, so just leading by example, if you're using herbal medicine for yourself, if you're using herbs in your cooking and they'll be, especially if it's something, if you're making, if you're making a tea, Oh, mommy, what's that? Oh, well, I'm making, I'm making a herbal tea. And, you know, then you can, if, you know, once you've gotten familiar with some herbs or if, you know, you, well, we're learning together. Mommy's going to try this tea and I'm going to see how it feels in my mouth. Do you want to try that too? Okay, sure. And then you could have the tea together and then you could say, hmm, does this, is this making me feel warmer 
or cooler. And if you're doing, start, especially if you're doing it with children, start with something really obvious. Like rosemary really obviously makes you feel warmer versus something that might be kind of middling. And don't start with the bitter taste if you're doing it with children. Don't start there. Um, but, you know, or, um, or nettles because they are really, really distinctly green tasting and then oh well, green oh, this tastes and they'll pro a child will probably say this tastes like green and then you can say okay yeah that green taste that's salty so it must have lots of minerals in that shall we write that down because you know it, there are all kinds I mean all kinds of brilliant people who've who've written you know brilliant books and brilliant resources and all that so I'm not saying you have to start from scratch but think of it this way what an incredible family heirloom to create together of, um, you know, especially, I mean, you, obviously you don't have to be homeschooling, but especially if you're homeschooling at, I mean, that will be going into our curriculum, our family curriculum will be, <laughs> you know, the doshas and the Ayurvedic stuff and the herbs and what have you. But what a fun thing to do together as a family, have, you know, your family your weekly teen, okay, this week we're going to drink chamomile and let's write down how that makes us feel. Mm. Oh, it makes me feel relaxed. It makes me feel calm. It makes me feel what well, kind of, and then as they get a bit older, okay, what kind of taste? Oh, it's a bit bitter. It's a bit sweet. It's a bit, and they can start writing that down and you can write it down together as a family, get a big notebook or a binder, let them decorate it or decorate it together. When they're involved with it, they've got ownership of it as opposed to just information like being spewed at them, which is the same for adults. When you're involved with it, when you're creating it yourself, you're doing it. And then, you know, you'll find that they'll be interested. They'll go, mm. ooh, I, you know, I saw this herb or this, you know, this, I saw this herb on our walk today. Could we try this herb this week? Or oh, this one's great. I saw this in the, I don't know, the garden center or whatever. Can we? Can we grow some and can we see? Because you could also grow it together and watch it. You know, what does it look like when it's a seed, when it's a you know young plant, when it's a flower, when it's gone over? Um, you know, post post the long which I, I'm in I'm in Yorkshire in the UK, so I, I know the the cold is coming. I mean, it's kind of already here, but you know, the the proper like cold yes. cold is coming. Um, so just get them involved. Um, explain to them. This was the original medicine. This is the medicine that animals use in the wild. This is the medicine that people used before, you know, there was allopathic medicine, use a different word, which children. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got a really long history. You know, plants are nature, we are nature, and nature knows how to talk to itself. So our bodies when we work with plants for, you know, as medicine, it's a conversation they know how to have. It's like two old friends just having a chat. They know what to do as opposed to something not just newer because when something's new, of course, you can make new friends and you can develop new friendships. But, you know, on a from, from the adult perspective now, a lot of the things that are you know, allopathic resources, um, you know, mainstream medicine resources, our bodies have only been encountering them for maybe a couple of decades, 
maybe a hundred-ish years if we're looking at some of the stuff that came out in, you know, World War One, World War Two, you know, battlefield medicine. So on the grand scheme of human history, that is that is a that's not even a conversation. That that's an emoji. <laughs> that's a question mark. You know, your body's going, huh? Whereas when you've got something from the hedgerows, something from the gardens, something from the meadows, something from the forest, your body has been having that conversation for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. The mothers before the mothers before the mothers, but I mean, way back. So it's something that we just need to engage with again to bring it back up into our conscious minds and get it into our hands and our back into our muscle memory because your body already knows your body doesn't have to remember anything it'll just do it you know mm. you take a laxative herb your body knows what to do it will have that effect whether you think it's going to work or not it'll do it. it'll do it <laughs> uh if someone's listening uh and they're like i want to know more you know i know you have an intensive herbalism course awaken your herbal wisdom Mm. Tell us a little bit about who that's for. Is it for mm -hmm. someone who's brand new? Um, when is it? How can people get information about that course? Yeah, so um, that course, Awaken Herbal Wisdom, yeah, so that's my intensive. It covers four seasons. Uh, enrollment opens every September to people on the waiting list uh, and then runs you know, for a few months until, until all the places are full. But there's a waiting list, so you can always get on for the following year. Um, <clears throat> that's for anybody really who wants to get herbalism into their bones and feel confident working with it in their daily lives. So I've got students on the course who are totally new to it, but they're really keen and they just want to use it for themselves and their family and maybe their community members. I've got, or, you know, friends willing and not, <laughs> Um, and I've got other people on the course who are also on clinical herbal medicine practitioner qualification trainings who are supplementing with more experiential, you know, that tactile learning from my course and everything in between. So it's for anybody who's, who's keen and, and interested. Um, I'll share the link, of course, for the show notes, uh, or you can DM me the word access on Instagram and I'm at Roads, Roots and Remedies and I'll send you the link. Um, if you're not ready for a full on full year thing, or if you are uh, not in the UK, <laughs> not expecting anybody to, to travel across the seas, although you're very welcome, that would be very exciting. Um, because that course is a combination of in-person sessions and live online sessions. So if that's not logistically feasible, um, you can head to uh, a different link that I will share for the show notes for access to the recording of the first live lesson plus the course book pages from that course uh, so that you can work through one of the most commonly occurring tastes in herbal medicine with me with my students um, for free because I think everybody needs to to be able to just you know get a leg up find a way in to to start working through it so it's an hour-long recording which I know is is sometimes more than we've got for for mums and definitely a, a lot less than we wish we had <laughs> um, but you can it's it's a recording so you can take it in chunks but you'll learn how the messages your body sends 
ask you for support with that specific herbal taste. So you can start developing that skill of listening and responding to what your body needs. You know, those little messages where your body says, can I have this please? Can you help me here? So tuning into that. Um, it also means you'll be able to engage with the herbs with this taste to make remedies at home, even if you haven't done lots of reading and research on, on that specific plant yet. I really um, feel that this skill set is just the master key for developing that deep and lasting relationship and that knowledge of medicinal plants. So I'm really, really happy to to share that resource uh, with, with anybody who can piecemeal together an hour. <laughs> yes, I love it. I was like, I will join that as well. I I like that you have the course being the tactile and like the, you know, the in-person, because I think I've done a course and it was a year long, but it was all virtual. And I'm like, man, I really wish I would have done an in-person because I think there is so much value of like being able mm. to go out in the land just as I was teaching my son. It's easier for myself again to learn too when I can see them out in nature and I know mm. how to work with them and um, versus buying the dried herbs and having them shipped to you and then working with them that way. So I love that mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. that option. Well, I just have one final question for you, Megan. I would love for you to throw out a little weekly challenge to all the listeners, and I cannot wait to hear what it is. <laughs> um, I think my weekly challenge is pick one herb. Don't worry about which herb or the right herb or the wrong herb or the best herb. Pick, just pick one. The, first, the herb that pops into your mind right now or the herb that you've got in your cabinet with tea. Just pick it make the tea of that herb, just that one, not a blend, every day for a week, drink it. Doesn't matter if it's gone cold, it's okay. Sit with it, feel it, jot some notes down and just make a new herbal friend. Just get to know that one herb. Perfect. I love it. I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a, new, a new one or a new one maybe that I haven't worked with. I stopped oh, nettles. working. <laughs> nettles is like, no. Well, I'm like, no. Nettles is probably like, yes. <laughs> I want to be a friend. <laughs> oh, and I'm pretty sure I do have some nettles tea in my cupboard mm. that I have pushed off on drinking. So I can do that. Let me know which one you choose. I want to know. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Megan. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you and, you know, hear all of your wisdom on herbalism and plants. And oh, it's been such a pleasure. Oh, likewise. It's been really nice to chat with you. Yes. Thank you again. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. <laughs>